All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What the fucksicans? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to the show. Today, um, on the show, I talked to Louie Anderson. We recorded this conversation a little bit of time ago. It's nice to talk to him. I mean, he's uh, had an amazing career resurgence with baskets. And uh, he's one of the great comedians. He really is. I mean, I, I don't know if you've been watching Baskets on uh, on FX. He plays Zach's. Uh, he plays Zach Galifianakis's mom in, in sort of a brilliant star turn, if that's what you call it, for Louis. We'll talk about that. A couple other things uh, that I need to talk about. I'm a little, I'm a little fucked up today. To be honest with you, obviously. Uh, I think everybody is. I'm recording this on Sunday, day after the news broke about the horrendous Orlando massacre, and I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up about this country for a lot of reasons, and it's an event like this where you just, I, you know, I, I, I don't even know exactly how to react to it. There's so many facets to it. I can react with horror and sadness and anger and all of the above, but then what do you do with that? How do you how do you compartmentalize? How do you find your moral center? Where does it go? I mean, how do you how do you even break it down? What's the order of horror? Homophobia, guns, domestic terrorism, the reaction to homophobia, guns, domestic terrorism, the politicization of uh, homophobia, guns, domestic terrorism, the lack of empathy on on certain people's behalfs, you know, what they represent. It, it's very hard for me to, to know where the hell to put the anger except at a lunatic, a fucking mentally ill, fucked up person who... Uh, who justifies his troubled mind by doing something so heinous and so fucking evil. I mean, how do you stop evil within a person? Whether it's ideologically based or just based on some personal hierarchy of things, based in sickness in one's mind, how do we move forward as a country? How do you disable the ability to get fucking weapons that can just do this, yet allow, quote-unquote, responsible gun owners to have the weapons they need to, uh, to feel protected, if that's even possible? At what point does this shit stop? I mean, you can call it terrorism, but the fact remains... This guy was an American. We're all Americans, so how do we grow together without alienating every other fucking American of a particular faith or a particular ethnicity? How do we honor the ultimate uh, vision of what this country could be in all its uh, good ways without uh, regressing or becoming worse than it's ever been? This can be an amazing period of growth for America or just an amazing end to a noble experiment. 
I really want to believe most people are good. I really do. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what happens. What, what, are we, what, what are we supposed to just accept as a country that this, that these mass killings are just part of doing business? That's just part of being an American now? That this just happens? That, you know, yeah, that another one of those things happened again. Nothing we can do about it. This is just the price of having the freedom to have guns. There's absolutely nothing that can be done to sort of slow this process of getting a gun, of making specific types of guns that are clearly not recreational or even for practical defense, at at the very least, very difficult to get. This is part of the freedom that, that 50 people in a gay nightclub get massacred it's part of it's a it's the price of freedom it's the price of a constitutional freedom and it doesn't seem that the conversation can even be had i mean if it wasn't had after a bunch of six-year-olds got massacred if that wasn't enough it's certainly not going to be enough if 50 people in a gay nightclub get massacred and now the fact that this guy's muslim gives even more of an excuse not to do anything because he's one of them it's fucking insanity it's amazing that you know you get you just sort of get consumed in your own life you just sort of kind of get insulated in your own life you know i do it we all do it it's what we want to do we want to have the freedom to have our lives and then you know like i i just you know told dennis that we if he asked him if he could stop building something next door there so I could get on the mic here. I got a little problem with my fucking cat again. He's got a fucked up thing on his face. I'm trying to write comedy. I'm trying to earn an honest living here. I'm trying to be a good guy. I'm trying to deal with my relationship issues. And then and then just something something just goes down. That makes you realize that like Shit is not good. Action needs to be taken. Politicians need to be contacted. People need to be held responsible for a lot of things. Some of them are legislatable. Others are just basic moral decency. But God damn it, man. Shouldn't be able to get a gun like that. shouldn't be so much fucking hatred but it just is right evil just is that's what uh, it's part of being human I guess that's the big challenge for anybody so look Louis Anderson uh, uh, Baskets you can watch the first season of Baskets on FX now go get the app and check it check out that show it's pretty wild it's it's pretty it's dark and it's fun (laughs) he's he's and louis pretty fucking amazing and if you're a television academy member i want to remind you that emmy voting starts today maybe i'm telling you those things for a reason maybe i'm not all i'm saying is watch louis and baskets and watch my show marin on ifc if you want all right so this is uh, me talking to uh the wonderful veteran comic louis anderson (laughs) 
Healthy? No, you're just yes. I'm eating healthy, but what is that like? Mm, you've got you've got. I'm uh, eating abstinent. Do you know what that means? Uh, abstinent is that a drink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I set up a program yeah. of food that I wasn't going to eat. Right. You know, fast food. You decide. I decide. Yeah. yeah. It's up to me. Okay. But you know, I go to OA. You know what that is? Sure. Yeah. So I go there. And that's where I learned about abstinence, where uh-huh. you pick a meal plan right. and stick to the meal plan. Do you do grayscale? Uh, you mean the gray sheet? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Not very many people know about the gray I, sheet. I know. It's like the secret OA thing. Yeah. I've done the gray, the gray sheet. And that's just like managing everything that goes in your face, right? Yes. That's a strict... That's was invented by a priest in the 60s. Really? In OA. Yeah. I've done it. I'm basically doing that... A little different because I built in two snacks. Mm-hmm. And um, what are those? Oh, like, uh, you know, nothing good. <laughs> Could I just say that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, hey, here's an apple. <laughs> oh, God. Ooh, apple. <laughs> so it's a state of mind, is really what it is. It's an honest to God state of mind. You got to get in it and stay in it. Yeah. You, you have to. This is four weeks, but yeah. this is the rest of my life. Right. That's the change. Because on Baskets, I had so much fun doing it. Yeah. But at that point, there was a point recently where I went, oh, when you see yourself and you go, oh, God. Oh, God. You know, like that scene where I'm going up the stairs. That was difficult for me to go up the stairs. Yeah. And I said, I shouldn't be, it shouldn't be difficult for me to go up the stairs. Right. And so I was going to have the sleeve operation. You know what that is? Where they cut your... They uh, just cut your... They just... Take a piece of your intestine out? No, they cut your stomach in half, basically. And they just throw it away? They just throw it away. Ugh. But is that that be- a, isn't that like the most weird... So there's a part of your stomach... Yeah. ...that has uh, gremlins in it. And yeah. I think they're a uh, hormone. Okay. Oh, right, and right. And so at night... Yeah. Those are the things that go, hey... Yeah. Mark, yeah, starving. <laughs> we just ate. Oh, we didn't really eat. We're, we're starving. And, um, and then you get up. And they cut those out. <laughs> really? Yeah, they remove them. And then people have had tremendous success. Everybody I've met who's had that has lost a hundred to one hundred and fifty pounds in a short amount of time. But like when, with OA, like because you know I you know I know twelve step stuff. I mean, what yeah. what does it look like for you when you're out of control with the food? Well. Let's see. Not like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mine yeah. is just like, it's a like I could eat twelve pieces of toast buttered right. with coffee, <laughs> and you know if you do that slowly, yeah, that doesn't seem like a yeah a big deal. But it is a day. It's like it's a I, it's a, it's in the morning. It's an hour, it's in the, right? Yeah, if you're it's taking an hour, your time. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. You make four. I have a four slicer. You make four slices. Yeah. And then you butter them, and then. You put four more pieces of bread in, so you can cut out that time. But is there, a mo- <laughs> but is there a moment where you're like, I'm not gonna. You know what? I'll just have four more. Yeah, uh, I think you're not even. Th- yeah, you, you, there's always a moment, right? But you know, this is a whole switch. You know, yeah, there's a switch in your brain. Yeah, where you're either in your addiction or you're not. Am I right? That's absolutely right. Yeah. And I'm out. I'm not in my addiction. It's a relief. I'm not allowed- yeah, it's such a relief. Yeah, like yesterday. I was uh, in a meeting and they had a cake stand 
of yeah. pastries. At OA? No, 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 okay. no. That's really funny. I used to say, I used to go to this OA meeting where everybody went to eat afterwards, and yeah. I go, this isn't good. <laughs> we can't. We shouldn't it. be going to eat afterwards. Not together. <laughs> yes, and together, because, yeah. you know. Someone's going to be like, come on, you guys. Yeah, so it's just... never a booth. <laughs> never a booth. So what you're at, oh, so there's a cake, a bunch of pastries? On a cake thing, and I just, you know, and I, I looked at them, I yeah. looked at them, you know, because I wanted to have what everybody does, you know, a piece of the donut or a slice of the muffin or yeah. all that stuff, and I just, uh, I didn't have it. I had a, uh, a cup of cappuccino. Oh, thank God. I, I mean, I'm shooting my show now, and I have, I'm have i a compulsive eater, too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm just so fucking hard on myself. And I, I the craft services, I mean, wow. it's just so... Isn't it amazing why we're so, we're so hard on I just wanted to stop oh. that because so, I'm so hard on myself. And I go, Louie, you're, don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. Your dad's dead. Yeah. You don't have to worry about him <laughs> kicking the door of your bedroom in and going, hey, let's get some push-ups going. <laughs> but, you bastard. But what I learned, it's the dad inside you. Yeah. Well, you are the dad. Yeah, it's the dad inside you. That the, that that's the yes, part. That's a really good point. And it's, like that guy, like how do you get how do you get that guy to, to die? To, I think what you have to do with him is um, just I, tell him he doesn't live here. Yeah. No, I mean, basically, isn't that it? Yeah. I mean, you, it's the switch again. Yeah. It's the door that yeah. you lock that you're not going to revisit that. Yeah. Because isn't self pity like one of the most beautiful things comics oh. love? But it's so appalling. Like it's like it yeah. can kill you. That's the really sad part. And, and people then, have to be careful. And then when it's when it's uh, when it escalates, it's just bitterness. Like you know, if you give yeah. self pity the yeah. angry voice, yeah. yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah, yeah fuck that. Yeah, hey, I'll kill every fucker <laughs> around. Hey, <laughs> hey, that guy doesn't just. You know, it. I always I did a joke a long time for a long time. But, yeah. Uh, uh, people say. You know, people say a guy was raised by wolves. I go, and I was raised by bakers and never got a laugh once. And I always thought, is that because that's a good joke to me, but only if you're a fat person can you even get oh, your, oh, you right. know what I mean? They yeah, just yeah, don't yeah. get it. They just we take, yeah, they're missing yeah. the piece. They don't go and, the. And you can't do jokes about addiction yeah. too seriously. Oh, yeah, because people feel sorry people, for you. Yeah, then they get sad. Yeah, they're like, oh, he's, uh, he's in trouble. You're okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not You're fair. okay. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I wanted to laugh. Yeah. I don't need support. Yeah. You know, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I get letters from people all the time. Like, I get letters like, hey, I'm reaching out to you because I noticed, you know, that you're obviously unhappy and awfully big. Oh, my God. And I, if there's any way... I can be of any help. Really sweet, L- lovely. Do, are they, do you get the Jesus letters? Like I, maybe you have a, a God shape yes, told that you're yeah, trying to feed. Yeah. But I, I love you know. Like I always say to them, I'm good. I'm good with God. Yeah, yeah. He's not. You know, I'm not. We have an understanding. Yeah, he's he's obviously <laughs> bestowed a nice gift on me and so and a lot of luck. So. Yeah, yeah. So wait, I I would like I have <laughs> memories of you. Like I, I'm surprised you remember me from the comedy store. But oh I guess man. You, yeah, my little long-haired, sweaty Mark. Yeah, little really, coke, always, coked up Mark. You were always nice, though. Yeah, there was. I, I, you I, know, there were. You, there weren't a lot of nice comics. No, but you no. and I. I'm, I'm not. I'm not putting you know, that. Yeah. we hung out together or anything, but we both, I think, occupied a spot at the comedy store. Yeah, that was. Oh, and those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like well, no I matter was, what, no matter I, what, we were like, oh yeah, we could put you on at some point. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I was a doorman. Right. You know, when when uh, when I first got out there, I was a doorman, and you were that was nineteen 
87 88 mm-hmm. uh-huh so you were pretty you know i was in it then you were in it and yeah. you were you know you you really were at the top of the you know you were the big comic yeah you know what i mean i got yeah and like you were popular and i remember the first time i met you like it got like i, I made a mistake and <laughs> and like i, I still it's, it sort of still sits with me like you i was working the door in the main room and uh, you're like, who's on? And you know, and I and, and and I said, who's? You said, who's going on next? And I said, so and so. And you're like, nah, I don't want to wait. And I'm like, and then I said, well, why don't? Can't you just bump them? And I was making sort of a fat joke, oh. right? And you were like, don't you ever? Did I? Oh yeah. But just for fun? No, no, no. You I were was sort of, mad. You were sort of put me in my place, and I'm oh, like, yeah, he's right. That was a little. Right. You know, I don't know that guy. I that like was... that you did that impression of me. <laughs> hey, who's on? Who's on? But you after know, but that, I hated we got bumping along. people. I hated bumping people. I don't like doing it. I don't yeah. know if I can do it. I didn't even know if I'm at that level yet. But I, I it's always seemed rude to me. I guess if you're going to do like seven minutes because you got to do a thing. Yeah, that would be the reason. That's that's one thing. I just didn't want to do go late. And right. I didn't want to go after when somebody was really filthy. Well, then you that way you didn't work at the store for yeah you know, after a while. <laughs> well, sometimes you know because I'd go you know somebody comes up and they go, ah, and then I come up and go butter. Yeah, <laughs> get out of here. We hate butter. Keep it going for Sam Kennison. Next up, yep. Louis Anderson. Butter <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> hey, do you want to hear my thing I used to do with Sam? Yeah. So Sam would kill it. Nobody wanted to follow Sam. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, yeah. you wanted to have some fun yourself. Well, he'd make a mess of the place. Yeah. yeah. He'd just crush it. Yeah. But even if but even if he didn't kill, he'd you know, oh, people yeah, would be yeah. like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was a different- it Oh, was yeah. A different Changed thing. the whole energy. And then he'd come, get off and I'd go, Sam, bring him back. <laughs> Sam. Oh, my God, everybody. <laughs> Sam. Yeah. Let's hear it. I keep it going. Yeah. I go, can you guys see if Sam will come back and just take another bow? Folks, you'd like that, right? Yes, we'd like it. And I'd keep doing it until people were going, okay, <laughs> we're, done. Just, we're done with him. <laughs> then I had- Then you had their attention. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, you know, but I would just do it and I was doing it for fun myself. Right, like, yeah, yeah. Can you believe it? I'd go to the front row. Can you believe that? Yeah. Come on, bring him, Sam. <laughs> And he's already he's yeah. already in the back doing blow, <laughs> running around. He was a he was yeah. a piece of work. Yeah. But uh, when did you when did you sort of uh, j- where did you start in Minneapolis? Yeah, yeah, that like a little what, club in Minneapolis. Which one? Mickey Finn's. Yeah, nineteen seventy eight. That that while ago. Yeah. And you grew up in Minneapolis. So, I grew up in St. Paul, but people will still introduce you from Minneapolis. Yeah, because no one knows St. Paul, Paul. They don't. That's yeah. nothing to people. But like in how was um you like huge family, right? Yeah, eleven kids. How does that happen? <laughs> um I'm my, you know, people say were you a Catholic? I go, No, my dad was a musician. Was he? Uh yeah. He was a pretty famous musician early in the nineteen hundreds, believe it or not. Wow. See I can't my, I'm the second to the youngest. Yeah. And so my dad was born nineteen oh one. So you were like the, the tenth kid? I was the tenth kid out of eleven. Uh huh. And my mom was obviously very fertile. Mm-hmm. She had 16 children, five died, two sets of twins, and what? Um, the first baby died. Uh-huh. You know, because babies dying back then was probably more common than- So the, you didn't know any of them. They died no, no, at, a, at childbirth. I never experienced any of that. Right. That was all along before me. Right. I was the second to the last child. Yeah. How old was your mom when she had you? 41, I think. God, she must have had, so she had like one every couple of years? Yeah, she used to say, because um, back then you would, 
they'd keep you in a hospital for a week. Yeah. If you had a baby. Yeah. And she'd say, that's the only vacation I ever get is when I have a baby. <laughs> and I always thought, poor mom. She was the sweetest person in the world. Fact, yeah. Yeah, she's the model for that character I'm doing. Oh, it's so, it's such a great uh, character. Because Zach was like, I, I, I hear a voice for my mother, and it sounds like Louis Anderson. And apparently Louis C.K. just like, well, let's call Louis Anderson. <laughs> Is that what happened? Isn't that a funny thing? Yeah. Like, I got a call from uh, Steve Levine, comedian, yeah. uh, agent you yeah. know, at ICM. Yeah. And he says, uh, Louis C.K. wants your number. And I go, give it to him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he called me and goes, Louis, I'm with Zach, and... Galifianakis, we're doing a sitcom and we want you to play a part. And I go, yeah, you know, <laughs> sure. those, those two people call you, you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes, we want you to play Zach's mom. I go, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I've been doing my mom's voice in my act, you know, since, yeah. you know, the beginning. the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just doing your mom, basically. I'm just doing my mom. And, uh, and, but you, but you had no problem with the, it seems to me that you really are enjoying it. I'm loving it. That like you know, I grew up with five sisters, yeah, and a really sweet mom. Was this the first time you sort of theoretically? Like, this is the first time that I did anything except for Dom Irera and one of his specials. Yeah, I played the maid who came in so, while he was sleeping. Right, and he goes, "Was that Louis Anderson?" And it, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. That was just that little tiny. It's the only time I ever. So you're doing drag, drag. kind of. Yeah, kind of, but I never looked at it as drag. I have to be honest with yeah. you, Mark. No, right. You know what I just tried to do with the character is like be real. Right. That's how Didn't it's playing. Try playing. to change the voice. People Didn't. are loving it. People love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good Jonathan for Jonathan Kreisel. Yeah. You know who he is. I do know who he is. Portlandia. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who directed and it? He directed all the episodes. And what did he, what What was the direction? <coughs> did you just, they just let you do what you wanted to do? No. He no. had a very specific thing in mind, Jonathan. Really? What yeah. was that? Um, he said to me at the be beginning of the project, he said, think of this as a three and a half hour movie. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's a really good way of looking at the whole something. series. Yeah, yeah, the whole series. Uh huh. And then he would never say it wasn't good. Mm -hmm. Never. Yeah. Never. But he would say, "What if? What do we try it? Right. Or just some little? It yeah, was always yeah. minute. You yeah. know, it was minimal words. And then I would say, oftentimes, "Hey, can I just say it how my mom would say it? Yeah. And that's where a lot of those words have come from. Oh yeah. Yeah, like uh." Um, you know, that whole Arby's, yeah. you know, we had an Arby's, sure. that was our first fast food by our house Sure, and the curly fries. Oh, and... that stuff. I think it's paprika. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always think paprika is the funniest yeah. Word? Of, of words of all the spices. <laughs> you want paprika on it? Yeah. No, I don't want yeah. paprika on it. <laughs> but then you're like, if you, you know, if you find one of those curly fries makers, I'd like to have one. I would like to have one. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to have one? I mean, not that you'd but use it ever. Later. No, no, but I know, but not that you'd ever use it. But, but just you'd to have, have it. it. You could just take it out of the drawer. Yeah. That's a Midwestern thing. Sure. Here, let me show you something. <laughs> what? Look at this. Do you know what it is? No. It's a curly fry cutter. Yeah. And then put it back. And that's it. Do you have one? No. Uh -huh. I didn't think so. <laughs> That's that's the essence of my mom. I didn't think so. <laughs> but there is something about the Midwest that is this sort of sturdy kind of, uh, you know, uh, emotional um, uh, monotone that is very passive aggressive and very sort of like mm -hmm. polite, but, yes. but a little jabby. I, I used to do a bit in my act, but nobody really liked me doing it. Yeah. I do a bit where Midwesterners will cut you with a razor yeah. and then go, oh my God. 
let me run up and get my first aid kit. Yeah. And then they will bandage you up. I don't know what got into me. I just was nervous. <laughs> yeah. And then when they get it all bandaged up, they will rip the bandage off. <laughs> Again, oh, what did I, I, do? I don't know why I did that. <laughs> and it's just a constant, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like they're so, because I have a theory that they're in the house too long. And it's cold. From the right, winter, right. you're in the house too long and you start thinking, I'm going to kill somebody. Yeah. I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, yeah, cabin fever. Mind. Cabin fever. So your dad, what kind of musician we was your dad? never had a cabin. No, you never did? My dad, believe it or not, played with Hoagie Carmichael. Big band guy? Yeah, big band and uh, jazz. He was a jazz trumpet and cornet player. Really? Yeah. And he toured? He was a touring he musician? He toured. You know, one time in the 80s, I was opening for uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash for, really? a, for a benefit. Yeah. I always had, you know, I never played the clubs. I got really lucky. I went from The Tonight Show to the comedy store at the Dunes, and um I, I, I got to remember this writer's name, but he was a Vegas writer. He's a street named after him there. And he reviewed me. Mm -hmm. And it was such a great review that the next week I got a job opening for the Commodores at Bally's. Right. Yeah. In Vegas. And, from, and I had an agent, Frank Rio, yeah. who handled Bob Hope, Marlena Dietrich, and lots of big artists. Yeah. You know, you know um, What's his name? Uh, Johnny Mathis and yeah. all these people. And so he started getting me gigs. You know, yeah. I went I went from I went from the um, Commodores to the Pointer Sisters to Smokey Robinson to Natalie Cole. All in Vegas or touring? All in Vegas. Yeah. Almost was well, a few touring like, you know, the I the Westbury Music Fair. Yeah. So I started getting those jobs. Yeah. And they were r real lucrative. Yeah. That was more money than I ever made like in a year. Well, let's track it. Let me let's go back and, and, and write it out. So your dad so you're in Vegas and someone knew your dad or what? There's a guy comes the security comes to me after the show. There's a guy who uh your dad taught him trumpet lessons. Huh. I go, Good, bring him back because we have no memorabilia of my dad. Did you know him? I didn't know the guy. Your dad. Yeah, yeah, I knew my dad. Yeah. yeah. I wrote a book about my dad, Dear Dad. And I'll he, send it over to you. Oh, good, yeah. Yeah, so letters I wrote to my dad 10 years after he died. Oh, how old were you when he died? I was 27. Oh, so you, had, you, you yeah. knew him, yeah. I knew him. How <laughs> um, <laughs> and this guy came back and he said, Your dad, I took trumpet lessons from your dad. He was a great trumpet lesson. I go, What was he like? He was hard. He was tough. I go, I know he was a prick, right? And <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I sure. want to, I go, Oh, good. He wasn't just mean to me. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he brought me a poster, a woodblock print. Oh, sure. Yeah. Louis Anderson and his orchestra. Wow. And it looked, you know, like I was named after him. It yeah. looked like one of my posters from the 80s. Uh-huh. And it was just so, it was like, oh, my dad. Because I had heard about all this stuff. Right, right. But it was real. My dad toured. He was probably in these kind of places. Sure. So it was a big thing to me. So by the time you d you kind of have a memory or a relationship with him, he was he was not working as a musician anymore? He was 50 when I was born. Right. So he, he had... He had false teeth, and he pretty much lost his lip uh -huh. for playing the trumpet. Really? Yeah. But he would play the harmonica, and he would uh, play the ukulele when he, my mom was mad at him. Oh, he'd go into he'd the room. He'd do love just, songs. Oh, or, really? Yeah. To make it up to her? Yeah, to try and make it up to her. So w w your relationship with him, was <coughs> he was hard on you? He was an alcoholic. Sure. He was a mean, uh, 
mean, violent alcoholic. To all he his... never hit me. Yeah. But he was very mean to my mom and hit my older brothers and sisters before I was really even in the family. So by the time you were uh, awake, he was, t- he was, he was tired. He was tired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I hear that about parents sure. all the time. Yeah. You know? yeah, that they get exhausted. They get exhausted, and then. Uh, but you grew up in that chaos of I like, grew up you know, in that, like, like when, yeah. what's that kind of? It's like be? a nuclear bomb. I always tell people, growing up in a alcoholic family, yeah, is one of the weirdest things because. There's a, it's like being around nuclear fallout. Yeah, yeah. Because later in your life, it starts, it comes up. Like mm-hmm. you go, you know, it really affects your whole life. Well, yeah, but I, what someone brought up to me that I didn't really think about, which makes good sense, is that when you have a, a parent like that, you just don't know what the hell's going to happen ever. Right. Like you, yes is no, no is yes, and, 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 and you're when, right. And when they're coming home, you're like, what's, is, where, yes. what's it going to be like? Yeah, what's it, it, you had that kind of parent? Well, he was a, a bipolar guy. Oh, so like he was erratic. Yes. wasn't alcohol-based, yeah. but it was still like- Same he, behavior, though, right? right? Is he going to blow up? Is it, yeah. you know, Because he wasn't home that much. You know, He's a doctor. So when he was home, you're like, all right, everyone's got to- Play this game now. You know, I hope and I hope he can find everything he's looking for. Tiptoeing around, right? Right, right. God forbid he decides, like, where's that hat? And yeah. Like, oh, no. Oh, God. Where, and, you know, they do it on purpose, it seemed like. I know. Yeah, I just, you know, you just want to go, your hat's right here. Yeah, but you don't know where it is. But no you don't know, know it. And there isn't even a hat, maybe. There might not there be. There might not be a hat. Yeah, and then after he's made everyone cry, he's like, oh, I think I got rid of that. And then you're like, And then no, then no, nothing. no conscience about it or anything. But no. did you ever have this happen? Where you walked in the house and you knew you picked up on it immediately oh, without yeah. seeing anyone. You just feel it. You just felt it. Yeah. like the, the And I don't know if that was something you imagined and it turned out that way or if it's something you develop. I think you I think you must develop because I have the same thing now with um with audiences a lot of times. Like and you must have it. I mean yeah. I don't, comics don't talk about it that much, but no. I can sit backstage in the main room. You know, whoever's on before me and hear just the vibration, I'm like, all right, I, yeah. I, I know, I know oh, where yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you walk yeah. into a room and you're like, no, there's a little badness here. Yeah. That that table, that's yeah. going to be a problem. You can feel the vibe of it. Sometimes you know, I'm wrong and I'm projecting, I, but you know, most times you're not though, because I do it all the time. I go, I'll hear somebody go say the wrong way they're saying it, yeah. scream out or drunk. Or, right, right, right. I go, hey, make sure they're out by the time I get on there. Because I'm all about removing people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have any qualms. Well, because you're 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 you know you um your your presentation uh you know why why would you want to engage with that? I mean, some dudes will fucking you know do that thing. I won't do it. No, why not? Why would I don't you? want anything to do with that? I'm a sensitive child. Yeah, on stage. <laughs> I know. I am. I'm not the guy who. Yeah. Because I get too mean, mm-hmm. and people go, God, he can be mean. <laughs> you don't want to show him that. But I get like I go, hey. Yeah. Hey, I think we should be able to kill hecklers, I'll yeah, say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Huh? Yeah. It would change comedy. People wouldn't, right. they wouldn't fuck around anymore. Oh, that's funny because your your tone is so sweet and you're so wide yeah. open that the and moment then, there's a problem, it's like, hey, then, you're a bad, you know, you should go to yeah, hell. And then, they go, and then people go, oh, I don't trust Louie yeah. anymore now. Yeah. I don't like him. There's a lot going on in there we yeah. don't know about. Oh, <laughs> oh he's... He's bad inside, he's, that guy. Don't give him the pie afterwards. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. That's so weird, though. But, so wait, so when you wrote the the book to your father, you were you were sort of reckoning with your feelings, and I was on tour. Yeah, I was at the um, Summerfest. You know what that is in Milwaukee? Mm-mm. It's an outdoor thing, which Did a is lot the of worst those, huh? forever. Oh, it's the worst. It's for the comedy. worst. I don't. Yeah, the worst. And I was in excess. Was in the 
stall next to me. So yeah. they were playing while I was talking. Oh boy. You know, which was So there were two stages? There there were like two or three stages. Oh, it's the worst. Stuff. The worst. And every and it was daytime. Yeah. And people yeah. were like walking through. You can't what focus. Is <laughs> what is he? Hey Fatty <laughs> He's all right. You're all right though. <laughs> Shut up. So I'm coming out of I people think they're funny. That's but, it's, but it's it's always that kind of like that weird drunky lady yeah. just walking yeah. by and wants a little attention. Yeah. Hey, hey. Ugh, God! Hey, I know you. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> so I'm driving out of there, and we're and drunks were avoiding hitting drunks. And yeah, I'm getting a car ride out to the hotel. Yeah, and I get back at the and while I'm doing that, yeah, I go, oh, this is my. This is like my life my, with my dad. As a, a passenger, you were yeah. I was in the back seat, you know, getting a ride back to the right you know, where they have the yeah. volunteers that take you back. Mm -hmm. And that guy's going, "Look at all these drunks," and I go, right. "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then I get back and I write a letter to my dad. I just I don't know why. I just had a journal and I wrote in it. Yeah. And I wrote a letter. Yeah. And I said, "Hey, uh, I just finished this and blah blah blah." Just spilled it out, and then I wrote. Like uh, and he's already passed. He's already dead. Ten yeah, years, right? And uh, I just kept writing these letters on the on the tour, filling up these journals. Yeah. And People Magazine, Todd Gold was going to do an article on adult children of alcoholics. Oh yeah. So I said, they said, do you want to do a? Do you have anything? I go, mm -hmm. I have these letters. Yeah. And I gave him a few of the letters. Mm -hmm. And. I got such a response from people writing in that I was in the process of doing an autobiography yeah. for Simon and Schuster. Yeah. And I said, I don't want to do that. I want to do this book. And they said, Well, we don't want to do that book. And so I said, Well, I'm not doing the the book you want. <laughs> yeah. So I went to my agent found me Penguin. Yeah. And they did the book and it turned out to be a bestseller. It's on Amazon now, it's finally on Kindle. Did you do a, a a book on tape? I did do a book on tape. It was very emotional. Lots of crying in it. Really? Yeah, because this book is very emotional. You know, sure, I, of course. I completely take the journey to find out who my dad really was. Right. Like I went. My dad was a fascinating guy that I didn't know. Sure. He was raised. His father was a great inventor. Mm -hmm. He invented like uh, fifty things. That Curly fries. Cutter. Well, uh, deep fryer, yeah. deep oh, yeah. fryer, <laughs> some sort of deep fryer oh, yeah. thing way back. Mm -hmm. And he was an alcoholic and he sold them all to lawyers, all the patents. Yeah. And then him and his wife would go on these cross country train drunks uh -huh. and leave the kids. Right. And on one of the trips, there was a murder in the house uh, in, by a Swedish gang. On the train? Or no. In your house? No, in my dad's house oh, okay. growing up. Oh, okay. His parents were gone. Yeah. And there was a murder. Uh-huh. And it was a Swedish gang in yeah. Minnesota, which was a weird thing. Yeah. And um, they took all the kids away, including my dad. Huh. The, you know, the- Because they were- they, Because they, they weren't there. Right. And there was a murder. Right. Who, then, who got murdered? Somebody at somebody at the house. I don't, it wasn't one of them that got murdered. Right. But the daughter who was in charge of them killed herself out of- because, Shame. Yeah, out of shame. And then my dad got adopted- Oh, you know what? They've got put up for adoption. Mm -hmm. You know how that works? Mm -hmm. They put people, the, where that term comes from, put you up in front of the congregation at the church. Really? And people would pick who they wanted. Wow. 
and then and it was so, like a service. So like they, they, well, I mean, it was like it was good and well, no, but it was a good, yeah, but it was good and bad. You know right, what I sure, mean? Sure. Like the kids didn't have a place, so the community was trying to be helpful. But the Lutherans, Lutherans, yeah, yeah, and so I think they were Lutherans. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, um, but my dad and his sister got split up. He had a sister who was very close in his age. He went one place and she went another, uh. and it destroyed him and he got adopted by a german family who worked him as a farmhand and he stayed in a different part of the house and he ate different food uh, so and he so never served. yeah he and he never oh my god and then at 15 he went and uh, made them sign a thing he goes i'm gonna i'm gonna i want to join the army he says you have i want you to sign this and say i'm old enough to join the army and did they and they did and he learned he became a bugle player for World War Two, yeah, World War One. Wow, yeah, it was like nineteen sixteen or nineteen seventeen. That's a crazy story. It is, isn't it? So, it's like, a good story though. And so, I f- figured that out. I go, oh my god, my dad had a most miserable thing. Yeah, you know, he and he was a better person than his parents were in some, you know, grotesque way, right? Well, there's a journey to it, like in as as an adult the book child, is a complete journey a, you're right. a, a, of an alcoholic. You know, you've got all this resentment. You know, and you and you've got all this shame, and you know all this stuff that you hold them responsible for, and they're monsters in your eyes. And I, it sounds to me that the process of working through this and finding more out about him allowed you to to see him as a person and maybe forgive him. I did forgive him. The book is all about forgiveness, and I got ten thousand letters from that book. I have all the letters still in storage of I people read. that were like you really I had helped much me. worse. Yeah, but had much worse lives than I. Like I'd read those letters and go, "Oh my God, this guy." One guy sent me when he was beat by his father with, by a two by four. Oh my god! As a child, <sighs> and he still he still loved his father. Well, you, that's we you, that's because yeah, you, you you they're your father. You, they're your father. It's so fucked up, Louis. you know. Like my dad, it is. But this is what I always say to people. Even, I I mean, this is how damage people get damaged. Like when people when husbands and wives divorce. Yeah. Even though my dad was a monster, the fact that he stayed together was better than had he left right. on some weird deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so isn't that the weirdest thing? Like this, the sunshine you need to get from your father's you know, being there yeah. is so necessary, even if he's a monster. Well, here's what I, here's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you've heard this, but this was like, I just read about this recently. Is that the thing is though, about loving the monster yeah. when you're a kid. Yeah. Is what happens when you're a little kid, you know that there's something wrong. Right. Right? But they're right. your dad. Right. So you love them. Right. Right? So you think like, well, that, then who is, then if you love your dad and that's your dad and, and you, you have to love him because it's, it's your nature and he's a monster, who gets to blame for feeling shitty? You do. Right. Right. That's so crazy. Yeah. Because you are the reason they drink. When right. you grow up, you're sure. the reason your dad was bipolar. Right. If he wouldn't have had you, if he would have just had the other kids. Right. I mean, that's how people do it, though. Or, 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 just, or, just, or just the fact, like, maybe maybe I, I feel weird. I feel emotionally abused or alienated. Yeah. So it must be my problem when it's really because they're emotionally incapable. So you blame yourself, and then you, you make this weird parent inside of you that can barely handle you. Right. It's I don't know. It gets a little crazy, but... But the good thing is... Yeah. For both of us, yeah, is how many jobs could we have done? 
know. Do you know what I'm saying? Look at you. You okay. have the number one podcast yeah. in the world because of that miserable father. I, know. I, mean, I hate to say that. No, no. I, and I, I have yeah. the same thing because of my crazy mother and my miserable father. I, right. It, but it, you know it's what, <laughs> The gift that just keeps giving. Yeah. <laughs> And taking and yeah. giving and taking. <laughs> but do you ever think about that? Like, I don't know when I see people who have regular jobs and stuff, you know, yeah. you know, you know, God bless them. Yeah, I'm glad they're doing OK. But like, I would not fit into that environment. I don't know how to behave like a person. But I'll ask you a question yeah. that I was asked when the book came out. Yeah. What would you trade it? That childhood for a normal upbringing. And I always said, yeah. Yeah, I would. I would. <laughs> I think I would because too. I think you want. I think that's the right thing to say. Because I already had this, and this wasn't easy. It's not easy. So yes, yeah, so like other people also don't know how to deal with you because they go, "Are you crazy?" Right. And you go, "Yes." Yeah, yeah. And they go, "Cause there's uh, you know, like the whole thing is for our family. Did yeah. you have this? What? Where secrets were currency? They're like pow- like the power in the family. Like you, like." You don't talk about your family being, you know, right, right, that, you right. know, you couldn't have friends over because right. you didn't know how your dad was going to act, right? You know, people were I, terrified I, of my dad because he would yell at them in the yard if they walked on his lawn, right? When also it's a little embarrassing. Oh, completely embarrassing. Yeah, and you don't want your dad to be drunk in a chair. Yeah, my mom was a little more embarrassing than my dad because my, but but like. But secrets, it turns out what's weird about secrets is that like, you know, with your father, like you get to a certain age and if they live long enough, then they'll be like, now nah, you want to know something? I'm like, I don't think so. Because they'll start telling yeah. me shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, ugh. What you know what? And, and there's such a, was your mom, like my mom was a lovely person, but she enabled a lot of this. Sure. Behavior yeah, right. like my dad quit drinking at sixty nine, mm-hmm. and he turned and my mom turned to me and said, "I told you he'd quit." <laughs> and I go, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I I mean, oh my god! I couldn't even like I just was in. I didn't even say anything to her. I just walked in my room, I think, and just went, "Oh my god!" This is what you come from. This is this is the denial. She thinks that she got she him to quit at sixty nine. At sixty nine. How did your other siblings fare? They all suffered. Yeah. There was drinking people who were a lot like my dad and physio- the physiology uh-huh. became, uh, some became alcoholics. Uh-huh. Um, the people who were like my mom, which is me, more became fat oh, yeah. and codependent, uh-huh. and those kind of things. Yeah. Enabled people. Uh-huh. And, and But Are they, know, how many of them are around? I only have, uh, there's only five of us. Mm-hmm. Left close out of eleven. Are you close? Yeah, super close. Oh, now. That's good. Yeah, because we're all like, oh yeah. man, are we're, they up in? Minnesota? We made it. Yeah, <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, we made it. <laughs> we made it. Are they in they Minnesota? Just, they're in Minnesota or Wisconsin mm-hmm. or South Dakota. Mm-hmm. That's got, where my mom grew up in South Dakota. My dad uh, grew up in Minnesota. God, really kind of Midwest. Yeah, very Midwest. Full on. Full on, and you got a bunch of nephews and nieces, and twenty-seven nephews. Oh my and nieces god, and twenty-two great nephews and nieces. So big family stuff. Big family. Oh, that's nice, right? Yeah. We just had a hundred people, a hundred and some people show up for a summer little reunion. It mm-hmm. was really nice, and it's really fun to see how they're doing better. Yeah, how they uh, have escaped. Yeah, 
And you know, that, like some, I think the DNA spreads a little. Yeah. So that it's not so, but <laughs> breaks luck. down a little. Yeah. yeah. But the, you know, every, a lot of people went through drug use or yeah. drug addiction and then yeah. those addictions are, yeah. are sneaky. Yeah. And they do run in families. They do run in families. So let's go to like, let's track the, the, the comedy life. When did you decide to be an entertainer? I, I, in, uh, I just, you know, I used to watch the tonight show with my dad. Oh, you and bonded he, with that? Yeah, because he was a musician. He right. loved Doc Severinsen. Yeah. The trumpet player. Mm-hmm. And um, then he'd let me stay up and watch The Comedian. I always wanted to watch The Comedian. Oh, yeah? And Johnny and, and Jack Benny was a big, I was yeah. a big Jack Benny fan. Loved him? Yeah. His timing, I just, yeah, it's, yeah, it was yeah. just so beautiful. Yeah, and I, and you, it, no one does that like you. Well, it's sweet of you to say, but it really- It's a it, rare thing, dude. Yeah, nowadays I don't think very many people do it. And Jonathan Winters, I was <sighs> I was infatuated with his crazy. Uh, Bob, Hope, Bob Hope, uh Johnny Carson, Richard Pryor, and um, and uh, Jackie Vernon. Did you oh, ever know I loved Jack, him. He was one of my favorites. He was one of my favorites. Yeah, sing-songy. Uh, yeah, he's so sweet, too. It yeah. Was, there was some uh, great, he was a sad sack. He was a sad sack, and, and they, which is exactly what my my character has been often. Yeah, I mean, you think so? I think so. You know, he's a fat guy. He's right, doing this right. stuff. Uh, yeah, I guess kind of so. a sad sack character. Yeah, if I just did my, yeah, you know, I used to just do one liners. I can't right. stay long. I'm in between meals. Yeah, I used to do that. I go. <laughs> I uh, went to a fat camp. Broad jump. I killed her. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just yeah. fat jokes. Yeah, yeah. And it was a so it was a fat. Character, so that's what you started doing. So, so that's what I and I was a very deliberate, like hope in the delivery. Well, that's a, that's efficient. Yeah. I it mean, was yeah. very efficient, and I paced and I did that. Well, and then I was kind of a Rickles comic. I would, would tear. Well, where does this start? So you're you're watching that when you're a kid. Yeah, did you go to college? I, I did a dare. On, I wasn't going to be a comic, but uh, somebody dared me to do it because they thought it. Because people would always laugh. When? At how me. old are you? I was 25. Did you go to college? I did go to a place called uh, Antioch. University, you know, uh, in the community, yeah, never heard that in word. the 60s, 70s, yeah. the you know, where the kind of the all in all the poor areas, uh-huh. I grew up very poor, uh-huh. really, yeah, they grew up, they had these communities, yeah, where and it was all, I think, me and my brother were the only white kids in it, yeah, and they had like an Angela Davis, um. Yeah. Um, Dean, mm-hmm. who married a white lawyer, mm-hmm. it was just like I go, oh, and it was radical. Very, very radical. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot. I was a political science major, and mm-hmm. then I just said, oh, I'm just such a bad student. Yeah, and I don't want to read all this. Yeah, I want to just hang around. <laughs> I just want to hang. Comics just want to hang around. They do just. Wanna... And I think I had a little learning disability reading. Yeah, because later when I got found audiobooks, I I was voracious in my yeah my reading, but. To read and comprehend, I had a problem with it. So you're so 25. Went there, 25. Yeah. Did it on a dare. Yeah. Where? At at uh, Mickey Finn's uh-huh. on 3rd and Central uh-huh. in this little 50-seat bar. Yeah. With um, Jeff Gerbino, Scott Hansen, um, Gary He's- Johnson. These are all Alex Cole. I don't know if Cesario was there yet or not, but- He's a Minneapolis guy. Yeah, he, he well, he's Kenosha, but he came to Minneapolis. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Alex Cole, I think I recognize that. Name. Alex Cole, Scott Hansen, the great big guy. Oh yeah. yeah Did you yeah. ever work with him? No, in, no. no. Um, and we we only had and Jeff Gerbino, and we only had like we just had like six or seven people. Yeah. So that's when the show was over. So we'd all do, 
you know, our 15. And then I became the MC because I said, I'll be an MC. So you started the comedy scene? Then? No, I was one. No, they started, but I came very shortly after. And on the dare, the first time you did it, how'd it go? I killed it. Yeah. Just because I had all my friends there. Yeah. My dad was there and oh. my mom was there. So it was just going to be a one-time thing. I was so it was like an open mic kind of thing? It was an open mic. I did like three minutes. And you loved it. And I just, I said, this is fun. Yeah. And some weird, and my legs were shaking and the guy said, and I was way too uh, on the mic like yeah, that. Yeah. And my friend said, hold back, Louie, hold back. And I go, I'm doing the best I can. These are the best jokes I have. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. trying to be funny yeah. and that. And then it just, it felt so comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so you started off, the first jokes you wrote were all weight related? I think the first one was, I can't stay long. Be, oh, let me move this so you can see me. Oh, right, right. right. Fat jokes like yeah, that. Sure. I was a kid most like, vo- voted most likely to become a group. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, I was, uh, I was, when I was born, I weighed 60 pounds. <laughs> Real rudimentary. Sure. The doctor had to bring a crane in to slap my ass. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, those kind yeah, of yeah. jokes that you just look back and go, wow. Complete were... self-deprecating. Yeah, complete self-deprecating. And then one day, you know, we I love to work. And uh-huh. so we worked seven days a week. We had a very vibrant comedy scene in Minneapolis because uh-huh. it was just a little club and sure. it was packed and yeah. we charged a dollar and we yeah. were so happy to split it up. Bill Bauer, too. Uh-huh. If you ever remember Bill remember Bauer. Him, man. Bill Bauer was a great, God rest his soul, he was a great comic. So one day a guy was with, I go, is that your dad? To the kid, no, he, he goes, oh, is that your dad? Yeah. He goes, is he nice? He goes, yeah, he's a nice guy. I go, my dad, he wasn't nice. He never hit us, he'd just carry a gun. Yeah, yeah. And then I did, he never shot it, he'd go. Yeah. And then I hit on that vein. Yeah. I mean, I started. The family vein. I hit on the family thing. Yeah. And a guy who we were working with, Norman, uh, Roman Decare, a little guy who played a tiny harmonica, yeah, said, "Louis, if you do that family stuff, and you have a clean act, you'll become famous." And for some reason, that stuck when he said it. I mean, you know, he was an older person, and I thought, "Well, he must know something." He's yeah, a, he's a Shriner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, that was a really wonderful thing to stumble on. Um, the family stuff. Yeah. You know, my mom. And then yeah. I just told things about my, the real things about my mom and dad. Yeah. And people you know? loved it. And people liked it because I do the voice and my made my dad a real mean guy. You know? Yeah. And was he all the time? He didn't want to be bothered. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that yeah, thing yeah. with a dad like that? Yeah. But he was a lovely person. He, if he, if you met him, he would be very nice to you. Sure, they always are. Yeah, and then the, the monsters are. Yeah, yeah. Then the door closes. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> All right, party's over. Yeah, party's over. <laughs> Where's my wrench? <laughs> it was always that when you said sure. that hat yeah. thing. Oh fuck! Because we, we used to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was it. It was like terror. living with the terrorists. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, and you just you'd hear the sounds of things mm-hmm. like. Where's that? Uh, right, here we go. It's like out of a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it's it like a what is it? The Tasmanian Devil, right? right. Slowly throwing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I know they did it. My family did. It. I'm gonna get that. And he and then he'd yell and you know he'd yeah. terrorize everyone and then we'd so, eat. Yeah. And my mom would feed so it's us. Frightening. Just scary. have some food. Yeah. So when did you go to L.A.? When did you decide? Now who else was there? Who was so you named some of the guys? Was a uh, Jeff Trebino. Right. Uh, who's still working, doing comedy. Scott Hans is still doing comedy. I think I know uh, Scott Hans. I just can't picture um, him. Alex Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Cesario, of Cesario, course. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Joel Hodgson came oh, onto yeah, the scene. Yeah. 
he he did it. Um, I'm I'm sure I'm missing Liz Winstead. Eventually joined that yeah. whole group. Yeah, and it was a really it was a good scene. Like because Minneapolis has more theater seats. Yeah, I, I love playing outside that. of uh, and New it's York. Good audience, great audiences. They're not mean. <laughs> no, they're lovely people. That's why they taught me how to really do the stand up. Really, well, you're afforded, uh, you know, that luxury of of having polite, painfully polite people. Yeah. Well, they give you a shot. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Right. But they did, if they didn't like it, they yeah. didn't laugh. Right. Yeah. Right. They right, just right. sit there. And you know, I met all. I met some really important people in my comedy life. Oh yeah, I know Scott. There in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. I met uh, Leonard Barr, who was very nice to us. We yeah. brought him in. Jeff Trubino was really smart. He goes, let's bring Leonard Barr in because people know who he is and we'll pay him and then you know we'll, right. we'll be all able to perform. Then we brought Hanny Youngman in. Yeah, and then Hanny Youngman really liked me and I wrote for him for a while. You did? Yeah, I was a terrible writer, but he liked me. He had a, a heavy grandson, Larry Kelly, who uh-huh. became a good friend of mine. And I wrote jokes for his grandson. Uh-huh. He goes, write some of those fat jokes for my grandson. <laughs> All right? Now get out of here. <laughs> no, he was really sweet. Uh-huh. And then Rodney yeah. came to town yeah. at the Celebrity Carlton Room. Uh-huh. Uh, the Carlton Celebrity Room. Yeah. And we all went down to see him. I go, let's go see him. And Gotta I, see Rodney. Yeah, and yeah. I, I read about that he likes scotch, so yeah. I bought a bottle of Glenn Levitt scotch. Oh, yeah. And we brought it to him with some, and we were so Minnesota, we brought balloons. Mm-hmm. You know, congratulate, hello, Rodney. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so silly. Yeah. And so he was so, ple- he was so moved by that. Uh-huh. And he never forgot that I brought him that scotch. Oh, yeah? And then when- Because you'd see him over the years? Yes. And then he came and performed at our little club and put us on the map. I, I called the press and I yeah. said, you know, Rodney's going to be there or Jeff did. Somebody called the press. How great was it to watch that guy? Yeah, because we all went on first and yeah. he watched us. Yeah. And then he got up and went, boy, you play this club means you got no act. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you really let us know. I think he's one of the, like, he does not, he literally does not get the respect that it's he deserves. True. And I don't know why. You know, the same with Sam. You know, given that Sam was a monster. I think among comics, they get the respect. I guess so. Because people, you know, comics know exactly if somebody's good or not. Yeah. And comics don't deny that. Yeah. But the public, yeah, they, we don't measure all the other things about Sam. We right. don't measure all the other things about Rodney. Right. We just measure, I mean, I don't know, Rodney was the last great character yeah. comic to yeah. live. Uh, yeah, I mean, when Rodney came to our club, that was it. Yeah. And then he called me after that, when I came to LA and yeah. said, I want you to do the Young Comedian special. Right. And Sam was on that. Yeah. And that, and when, oh, that was a... That was an unbelievable experience because he said, I want you to go on last, kind of as a, as a compliment to me. This was shot at, at Dangerfield, yeah. right? And I said, okay, but I didn't want to go on last. Yeah, I wanted to go a, third. Yeah, third's <laughs> That's third the place. always the best part. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me just go on third yeah. so that you guys can, they'll be warmed up and then I can leave. Um, so you were on So Sam, Sam went on fifth. Was, well, go ahead. Go so ahead. it was you, I'll tell Sam, you. Dom. Yeah. Uh, Harry Basil. Yeah. Uh, Bob Saget. Yeah. Uh, Rita Rudner. Yeah. Howie Gold. Wow. Uh, Bob Nelson. Yeah. Um, not I Dom? I don't think Dom was on not that on one. Not on that one? Insane. He might have been, though. Yeah. But Bob remember. Saget was on it. Yeah. I think I got everybody on there, but I might, I probably missed somebody. And Sam. And Sam. So, 
Or it could just be the one Sam was on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because what happened was Sam went on fifth. Yeah. And nobody had ever seen Sam in yeah. New York City. Yeah. And I went, oh. But you knew him from L.A. at that yeah, point. Yeah, but I mean, he he completely killed the room. Yeah. Did and he do well, went, though? <laughs> no, he killed, yeah. Oh, yeah. People saw somebody brand new. Yeah. Well, and yeah. they went crazy. Right. <laughs> they went crazy. And all you thought about is, oh, I'm on last. How the fuck am I going to follow gonna, that? Right. But luckily, I lucked out because after four more people. Yeah. They had it has regrouped, had, yeah, regrouped, yeah. and so I got, I had a good set, but I still never forgot. That was the first time I saw a phenomena happen in front of me. Sam, yes, yeah, that was the first time I saw like true, like when people must have saw Robin for right, the first right, right. time. Right, right, right. You're like, or, this is going to be... Or Andy Kaufman. Yeah, right, You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Or Elvis. Right. It was that kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. He was like an Elvis. Like, yeah. I think among comics, Sam was considered like one of the last groundbreaking yeah. people, don't you? Well, I, I, I wonder because like I see a lot of young comics and, and everything else and you know, their heroes are a little different. And I well, think that... yeah. And I think that Sam... I don't think Sam was us to... I don't think you could be... He could be our hero... Because I don't think we could emulate him, right? Because he was a little like he was a little wrong-minded, but stylistically, yeah, yeah. he was a know, little wrong-minded. Is exactly right. Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. And, but like stylistically, you know, you listen to that first record, like Hotter Than Hell, and you're like, holy shit! Yeah, no one has done that. You know, and Hicks was his own thing, and they knew each other. But you know, Hicks went highbrow in a way, but Sam was Hicks like, was a satirist. Yes. completely. Sam was a performer. Yeah, he was a clown. Am I right? Yeah, I, mean, I think you know, so. Yeah, I think he was a preacher, but but he had a with him, yeah, he had a shtick. He had a definite shtick. And, and he, he was a rock star comic. Right. But when did you... Okay, so you come to LA in what year? 81. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then when did you get in at the store? Uh, Jimmy Walker finally made Mitzi watch me. Oh, really? Yeah. In what and year? 82? 82? It, it was... 80, I think it was 82, yeah. Yeah. And then... What did she um, say? Uh... He's good. He's a sweater comic. <laughs> I go, what? You're a sweater comic. Wear a sweater. Yeah. Don't wear a jacket. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. You're from the Midwest? And then she'd pinch my cheek. Yeah. I'm from the Midwest. Yeah. I love Mitzi. Yeah. She was always nice to me. Yeah, yeah. And, Did you um, wear a sweater? I had it in the car. <laughs> and she go, where's your sweater? I go, it's in the car. You want me to get it? No. But wear it next time. <laughs> you know? Because I didn't want to wear a sweater. I didn't want to wear the sweater. Yeah. And uh, she she told me to wear a scarf. She did, honestly? See? See? You're a poet. You should wear a scarf. That's kind of a nice thing, though. It is. When that happened, when I started doing more work, it was good. It was good for me. Yeah. Because I I was never caught up. Luckily, I was never caught up in all the bullshit. Of of varying kinds. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't get it. You know, I just said, just get my time. Mm -hmm. I'd always say to Debbie, who was upstairs and yeah. everything. Get me an earlier time if you can. I want to get in and get out. Yeah, that's what that's I do. I mean, give me yeah. give me the third or fourth yeah. spot. So I, I don't even know what that place looks like after 1030. Yeah. Like, I you know, yeah. sometimes it's like, it, it still gets weird. It's always going to be weird. Yeah. You know, the OR is still like you, you know how good the set is. Yeah. If you go to the OR, I don't yeah. care what the crowd is. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a really true oh, yeah. and, uh, and barometer. You can, you can eat it in there. Yeah, oh, you yeah. can eat it easily. Yeah. With just a piano player, you could just eat it. <laughs> yeah. You know, he can just go, ooh, uh, no good. No good. So, you, so I went there. Yeah. 
um, and worked. I was always first, second, or third on. Yeah. And you know, I was always early. Mitzi just put me on early. Yeah. And how'd you get The Tonight Show? Oh, it's just, you know, that was a bitter pill for me. I, did, I auditioned for two years. Jim McCauley said, you're not, you're not, uh, Johnny wouldn't like you. You're not for two Carson years. material for two years. And then the Letterman people booked me. Mm -hmm. And then the Tonight Show called the next day and said, uh, we want John. And I thought, oh. But, and I, so I did it because yeah. I wanted to do Johnny Carson show. Not anything against Dave, but that cost me dearly with Dave it for did? a while, for a couple of years. Really? The producer wouldn't, the producer wouldn't have me. Bob? No, it was a woman. I can't think of her name. Oh, yeah, yeah. She apologized to me later in life, you know, when I ran into her once. She goes, I'm sorry I did that, but we were so mad at you. And I go, I wrote Dave a note, I think, once and said, hey, Dave, even you would have picked it. And did he get back to you? Then I was on shortly after that. So Dave kind of changed it. And I did Dave. He was already gone by the time he got to the store, though, right? Yeah, yeah, he was gone. He yeah. was gone. He wasn't there. So what was it like doing Johnny for the first time, being on that stage? Did you, was your dad still around? No, he was gone. Ugh. But my mom was, so that was a good thing. And Was it great? You know what was so great about The Tonight Show was, I was so prepared. You know, I had nine Tonight Shows prepared when I got the first Tonight uh -huh. Show. I had nine already. Well, that's smart. That's what yeah, they well, used to what, do. Yeah, that's what I, I always said I'm going to have. Yeah. I'm going to get on The Tonight Show more than once, hopefully. Yeah. So I finally got on. And here's what I noticed. How little everything was back there. Uh-huh. Yeah, that little yeah. stage. And yeah. I was behind that curtain. Yeah. That curtain that I watched, Open. honestly, for right. my whole life. Yeah. How cheaply made it look. <laughs> yeah. Up close. Yeah. <gasps> and then that band come back and I could hear the pencil yeah. hitting it and they, and hear Johnny say, the next, uh, this next young man making his national television debut, he'll be opening at the Comedy Store at the Dunes Hotel tomorrow night. Please welcome Louie Anderson. And then really, I don't know what really happened. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do, but yeah. it was almost like an out-of-body experience. Yeah. And um, I had a killer set, shook Johnny's hand, and uh, did it I first, change? Did it change your life? Yeah, the next day I got a holding deal from NBC, mm -hmm. and um, did it change the audience coming? Like, did people show up? Not quite yet, right? You know, because I mean, it did. It did in at a club or something. Mm -hmm. It did at a club, mm -hmm. and then I did like nine tonight shows in six months. Wow! So that you were lucky. You were Johnny prepped. really liked me. Johnny yeah. really liked me. Uh huh. And I didn't realize how much he liked me. I wish I would have been more conscious of that. You know, I was so full of myself, so right. egotistical. Yeah, because you're like, I'm you doing know. no Tonight Show. You know what I mean? But yeah, you sure. actually take yourself seriously, mm -hmm. which is a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, you should really. That's why this second wave of success I'm having in, in the show yeah. is so, I have it really. Uh, you're humble. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not reading the reviews. Right. Or, you know, that stuff. Well, everyone you loves know. you. Yeah, <laughs> I, they've been very nice to me about it. Yeah. But that Tonight Show, that was the pivotal point in our lives. Yeah. And the, that era, don't you feel? Yeah. Like, that was the thing to do. And then a Letterman, of course, was in oh. a lot of people picked Letterman. They wanted to be Letterman comics. They had they didn't really want to. But I, I don't know that. I wanted to be a Carson comic. I was too late for Carson. Yeah, you were too late for but Carson. Like, so, so. But when I, and I didn't get my first Letterman until long after a lot of my friends did, and it was so thrilling. Like, even, 
it doesn't matter. Like it's so like it's such a personal journey. Oh, the first, it really is. Yeah, it, the first Tonight Show, the first Letterman. It's so it's amazing. Such a personal, you know. Like or, now, like a lot of that stuff doesn't really matter, and like it, and but but to, to you, like to do Letterman. That was one of the things you were working for. That was the for. touchstone. That's the thing. Yeah. That was our American Idol. Yeah, well, it was, but as a comic, it was like, <clears throat> it, it was validation. A rite of passage. Rite of passage. Sure. Rite of passage. And it was a validation. You know, when yeah. I, uh, my first Letterman, yeah, it was I, a, it was I dressed a up. Yeah. And, you, and and I love that part of show business. Like, even when yeah. I do a theater or a club where you're backstage yeah. and you're like, look at this garbage. Like, this place is falling apart. Yeah. There's, 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 like, there's like sad food there. Yeah. And who's this guy holding the thing? You know, and, but I love being backstage because yeah. there's that moment where, like, this is really the dirty part of show business is it's, that, this is the just, walk to the yeah to, to, to the clean it's part theater right exactly yeah. and then back I walk back to the dirty part right exactly yeah. and you did the thing but yeah. like when I was so ecstatic every time I did Letterman I was ecstatic and the one time that I was able to sit and talk to him I couldn't I was I couldn't even believe it was happening. And it wasn't that long ago. Did you just keep looking at him when you were yeah, doing it? Yeah, I was it? looking him right in the yeah. face. You just go. Yeah, and they, right they know you're looking like that. Yeah. They, they go, oh, he's gone. <laughs> he's out of his tree. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? It was so thrilling. Like, it was the only time I did panel, and it was only a few years ago. I told this story about Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner because they'd both been on my podcast. And it got some real laughs, and you know, and, and the producer was happy. They're like, he's a great guest. And I'm like, yeah, just in time for... Because I always wanted to be a, a panel comic, and I did that with Conan yeah, for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like for me, watching Letterman and Richard Lewis or Jay or even George Miller, you know, the panel George guys. Miller. Right. I love George. Yeah, I just love the panel guys, the guys yeah. who had that dynamic with the host. And you're like, oh, here he here comes. What what what's going on with this guy? Yeah, I always wanted to be that. Guy. And you know, th those guys were naturals at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the Steinberg mm -hmm. and that was the early guy. Yeah. You know, who'd sit with Johnny and right, go, right. you know, do his thing. But you're right, George Miller was a genius at it. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and some people were really good at it. I was more of like a joke Stand guy. Up guy. Yeah. I did I did I my panel was good, but it was joke oriented. Right, sure. I wanted to do sure, jokes. Sure. I didn't know how to really interact with Johnny. I was terrified yeah. that I would upset him. Did you ever sit there for a minute? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I had nice talks with him. How are things going? He goes, good, good, good. I go, they're good. Thanks to you, Johnny. Yeah. Ah, don't thank me. He'd never take any credit for anything. When you when you you said you didn't do a lot of clubs because you were opening for musical acts and mm -hmm. big bigger venues. I did find certain clubs I did all the time. Sure. Like the comedy works because oh, I the knew best. the, the people. Denver. Yeah, that oh, one with the cave. It's almost, it's almost the too cave. good. It's like you you kill him there I, and you're like that wasn't even a whole joke. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's so good. You're like it almost feels like cheating. Yeah. It's like I can't I can't trust that situation. It's true though. It is. <laughs> then you try it later. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> hey, what about that? Yeah. I got a big laugh on that pause. <laughs> nope, not that. No, yeah. not here. I don't know. There's something magic about that room. The, well, I think it was the just the t the I ceilings think, are real low. Yeah, and downstairs, like, and there. it was like this. It was like an amphitheater. Yeah, a little teeny a amphitheater. Little teeny yeah. amphitheater. Yeah. And you just the 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 laughs rolled right well, down was, to you. Yeah, it was amazing. And it got loud in there. You it's could still kill amazing. It. Still amazing. You could kill it. So, do you how much how many dates do you do now? Do you do Vegas? Do you do a run? A hundred and something, probably. Really? I still do. I don't do the. I quit the regular show in Vegas. Yeah, I just got Why? tired of. It. Oh yeah. Well, I got tired of it. You know, like you got a hundred and twenty shows you're competing with. Yeah. You know, and I just, I just said, and then I got this show, and then I just said, ah, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. 
And you have to live there, or do you fly back and no, forth? No, I live there. I right. live there. Yeah, I've lived there for 10 years. You I've still live the, there? I've had the show there for 10 years. In Vegas? Yeah. So you live there now? Yeah, I live there now. Oh, you're just in town for a couple of days? I'm in here. Yeah, I just came in to do some uh, press. press, and mm-hmm. people want to talk to me because they think I'm funny. <laughs> you are funny. I know, but you know, <laughs> I was there for 10 years. Nobody called. <laughs> I got a... I got to put a dress on and everybody wants to talk to me. It's true. I don't, I'm happy, but I know what it's like. I mean, you know, like I've always. I would talk to you anytime. Yeah. Well, even before sweet. the dress. Thank you very much. Now you had the same agent as Bob Hope. Did you ever spend time with Bob Hope? I did. Should I tell you my Bob Hope yeah. story? So uh, I'm at Bally's. Bob never played the stage uh, in Vegas. Yeah. He thought it was beneath him. Yeah. Or his agent did yeah. or someone. So we do corporates though. Mm-hmm. I go, and I said to my, uh, Frank, I go, I gotta meet Bob Hope. I'm working in Bally's at the same time. Yeah. He goes, All right, all right. I go, What's he getting for this? Because that's what comics <laughs> want to know. He's getting two hundred and fifty thousand, Louie. Yeah. I go, God, really? <laughs> for just doing this? He's yeah. getting two hundred and fifty. Just a corporate kid. I go, Can you get me one of those? <laughs> what? I'll do a I'll do a series of things for two hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> and uh so I go up there, I've finished my show, I'm up there in the back watching him from a table off to the How side. How old was he then? Like, oh man, so it's gotta be, yeah. Yeah. He looks terrific. Yeah. Hey, I wanna tell you, you know, yeah. I was had a great time. Uh, anyway, do the joke, and was I don't killing? remember. Killed it, killed yeah. it, they were crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, uh, and I'm just, and he's doing, it's going on 90 minutes. Uh-huh. That he's up there, really, and I'm I'm super impressed. Oh yeah, I go ninety, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Then he starts with that. Uh, uh, hey, let me uh, let me bring my wife up here, Dolores, and then they do the songs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's you know yeah, that yeah, one, yeah, 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 yeah. And he does. Uh, Thanks for the memory. And everybody goes crazy. So then Frank signals me. He's about ready to get off, and I come back. And um, you know how a makeshift stage in a banquet room. Right. You know, but a Bob Hope makeshift right, stage. Right, right, A little different. Yeah. You know? And he comes, he's finished, he's done it, and he comes, and you know how you, you're coming to a rail, you know, like a staircase? Right, down from the platform. Yeah, down yeah. from the platform. Mm-hmm. And he comes in, they go, how was it, Bob? God damn it. I tripped on a fucking cord going out there. And I could have been fucking killed. <laughs> and so the whole time he was out there for 90 minutes, <laughs> he had been waiting to yell at somebody. About a cord? Yeah. And he was so hot. Yeah. You want me to break my neck out there? And I just go, go, Bob. Yeah. Yeah, who's in charge of that? You know, I want to get... And then Frank Rio goes, this is a young comedian, Louis Anderson, wanted to meet you. Oh, hi, kid. Anyway... Anyway, if anybody knows, make sure those cards are never out there. <laughs> Hi, kid. And that was it. That was it. That was it. Hi, kid. Oh. But I really appreciated it. Sometimes it's funny with comics where, because yeah, I love comedy, you love yeah, comedy, yeah. and you have your heroes and stuff. And and like there was time, like I couldn't meet Pryor. I just couldn't. Like when I was at the I com- met him at the comedy. Show. Sure. Well, when I was there, he was. He but just he wasn't very friendly. No, he was real aloof. You know. Yeah. But, he yeah. Was, I think he was in his head doing his thing, or he didn't want to talk. But or... I just remember like he came. It was after he burned himself up, and he yeah. was starting to rebuild. Oh. And he okay. went to the OR. It was when I was a doorman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he bombed. You know. And he yeah. had a hard time with uh, some audience members. There were these girls there. They were all excited because there's some rock band. 
who were just watching and they, you know, they were distracted. And Rich did everything he could, and he's very vulnerable up there. Yeah. It was like really, it's unbelievable. How it's, vulnerable, he is. it was. It was really a lot. And I watched him, you know, my, one of my heroes, just sort of like have a hard time. And then he got off stage, and you know, he's smoking a cigarette. And I just watched him like walk down the hall with Mitzi, and it was like it was enough. You know, what am I going to do? Yeah, that was a beautiful. That's a beautiful image right there. I, yeah, I, you I, know. I, I saw that too. I didn't want to say anything either. Yeah, I yeah. just said hi. Yeah, yeah. There were guys who were like, like even Rodney, who I met once. <laughs> hey, Mark, how are you doing? LeBeau, LeBeau told me the funniest story about about Rodney and Sam because him and Sam had a relationship later. You know. Yeah. Yeah. When Rodney was, you know, older, and Sam had been up for a few days, Carl, I can't remember exactly the story, yeah. but you know, yeah, he, he and Sam. No, it no, was Sam uh, had been up. Sam had been up, and he was calling Rodney, and he was in trouble with some kind, and you know, it was it looked like it looked after two days of that shit. Yeah, you know, just straight partying, and I guess it was Carl was there, and Sam was there, and and Rodney walked in and goes, "Oh, look at little Nero." <laughs> <laughs> Rodney was the, the best. best. I was good friends with Rodney. You were? Yeah. Like I it, was with him when he died. I you was were? in the hospital, yeah. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, I was there for 30 days with Joan. And he had, la- later in life, he had gotten on medicine and he felt better, right? He, he, had a, like, he, he was had, great. He, they did a surgery and he didn't come out of it. Oh, really? They were going to fix a, uh, I think, a, a vein or an, an aneurysm or something. Oh, no and he shit. never he never regained consciousness. Oh. You know he was up there, you know, and he'd done. He's had a, he had a life, and, but it was. Ha- I was happy that like it seemed that he had found because I think one of the reasons he gets a little overlooked is that he wasn't a social guy. You know, like he, you no, know, he, yeah, he, he was a cranky. He was right before uh, social media, really. But like with other comics, yeah. it seemed that he, oh, only, he loved them. Yeah, he had a crew he, though, yeah. just his guys, and yeah, and he was heavy, man. You know, yeah. uh, Richard Lewis used to say uh, he used to call depression the heaviness. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, heavy, man. man. Yeah, yeah. He said to me one time, you know, you're all right because, you know, you're uh, you're a goy. Yeah, yeah. You got a goy head, you know. Yeah. He goes, I'm a Jew. <laughs> I got a Jew head. I'm fucked. I'm fucked because I got a Jew head. I love him. And I just said, I love you, Rodney. Uh, he goes, do you, kid? Thanks a lot, man. Oh, that's beautiful. And I'd hug him. He hated being hugged. <laughs> he goes, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I go, I'm going to hug you. I'm going to kiss you, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey! Uh, you know who reminds me of him? I think uh, like my generation's equivalent is uh, Atel. Yeah. Atel. Very, very similar. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, I love Atel. I love him. Great joke. Such a, such a great joke. Oh, my God. It's astounding. Yeah. He's one of those guys where you just watch. I've known him forever. Yeah, I, be- I rarely talk more than three minutes. He's like, what? I'm like, nothing. How you doing? Good. You? You know. Yeah. But I like that about, I like people that are really real like that. Oh, yeah. He's the best. You know what? I, I always admired all the comics who chose a course that they could live with, even though it wouldn't be the most lucrative course. And it would probably be a harder road on I don't think level. they have a choice. In, in, yeah. I, I think, well. In their mind. Mm, yeah. Maybe in their mind. But. You know, they're just, they're really kind of heroes. Yeah. They're heroes in, yeah. Their, yeah. in their thing, you yeah. know? Like, they don't care. Yeah. I don't care if you like me or yeah, not. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't care if anyone likes me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Rodney, he, I think he liked being liked. Yeah, well, I think you we all do I mean? deep down. Yeah, it's just course, hard to get yeah, to it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's But like, Rodney loved comics, you know, yeah, when yeah. they would hang around. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. they would, you know, he was always surprised that he was so famous. Yeah. Do you know that? Uh, no. He was surprised he was so famous. Oh, really? You know yeah. me? Yeah. Hey, 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 geez. Hey, you like that, huh? <laughs> hey, you're a pretty girl, aren't you? 
But he was always really, he's really yeah, sweet. He was really sweet. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, you know, the greatest thing about our business is that we're all pretty connected. We are. It's a secret club. And it's, even if yeah. we don't like each other, for whatever reason, you see each other, you're like, hey, you're hey, still alive. You're still alive. You all right? right? Yeah. What happened to that other guy? Yeah. No, no good. Oh, no uh, good. Oh, that's, yeah. oh, that's sad. Yeah. It's true, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. But I, I love you, and I, you know, you're, you're one of the great comics, and I love talking to comics, and it was great talking to you. You feel like we did Thank it? Thank you. Yeah, we did it. Okay, good. Yeah, and um, we'll do it again. We'll sure. come back. I, I'd love to, I'd love to uh, talk about um, more stuff. Okay, thanks, Louie. Thank you. You know, I, I'm a, a big fan of great comics and, and comedy history. I like talking to Louie. And folks, go to WTFPod.com. Check my tour dates for my upcoming shows in Spokane, Bloomington, Rochester, Salt Lake City, Phoenix, One Night in Albuquerque. More coming. Uh, so you can do that. And again, my sympathies go out. My heart goes out to, to to this country in general and all its fucking torment, and specifically the people that lost people uh, over the weekend. I guess I'll commence here with some uh, rare for me, but minor chord noodling, the sad kind. Boomer lives!